and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services representative, bringing you our first episode of 2022. And this week we are hitting the ground running with updates for dairy producers after the long holiday break. First, we have Tiffany LaMandola, our contract economist with Blimling & Associates, who brings us the first market update of the year and details some of the issues going on with the DMC program right now. All your information for signups can be found in the podcast or in next week's Western United Dairies Weekly Update. After Tiffany, we are joined by Tony Ramundo of Ramundo Associates, our friend and our labor attorney extraordinaire, with some updates about changes to the labor code that went into effect this last week at the first of the year and how that can affect dairies. He also talks a little bit about strategy to help dairies cope with some of the changes that have happened and some that may be coming. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We want to give a big shout out to Tony and Tiffany for joining us. And after a quick word from our sponsor, we will jump right in with Tiffany. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. Hi folks, happy new year. Well, we are off to a pretty exciting start in the dairy markets here. Uh, just a few days into the 2022 trading sessions, uh, we've seen nearly all of our dairy commodities move higher. We are uh, ending the week here uh, with block cheddar cheese, actually exceeded $2 a pound midweek. We're closing the week at just short of that, $199.50. Barrels are up to $186.50. Butter up to two seventy four twenty five, a price we haven't seen since back in two thousand and fifteen, and non fat dry milk a whopping dollar seventy one, and also whey up to seventy five seventy five. So really great start to the year, given the cost structures our dairies are facing. It's certainly a welcome sight, um, and I guess just a quick summary of what we think is in the mix here. First, U.S. milk production's down. When milk production's growing at less than 1%, things can get pretty tight in our markets and get tight fast. And while higher prices will ultimately turn the tide, that process takes a little time uh, for producers to respond. And it's not just in the U.S. Output in the EU is struggling. New Zealand production is down. And with that, global butter, cheese, and powder prices have been trending well above U.S. levels, providing support. Buyers have been waiting for a break. Uh, it didn't come in the new year. And so enter the new year, it's time to build inventory and buyers are a little afraid there won't be enough, uh, won't be able to get enough. Our dairy markets are pretty small and as such, no stranger to short squeezes. And in macroeconomic factors, you know, add in inflation, labor shortages, human psychology of fear and greed, and we've got a recipe for a fast and hot market. And that is certainly what we have been seeing. Um, indeed, for 2022 futures currently, uh, for the year, class three is averaging right now 2046 and class four averaging 2167. So some really nice prints out there in the 2022 futures curve. Um, so with that, a few quick reminders on the risk management front. Uh, Signups for the DMC, Dairy Margin Coverage Program, are now open. 
through your F- your local FSA office, but you have until February 18th to sign up for that for 2022. Uh, so you can kind of watch markets a little bit longer and decide whether that's a program that works for you. Um, also, Dairy Revenue Protection Program, given those elevated futures levels I just mentioned, there are some very good milk price floors to be had. Uh, out in 2022. So I urge you to take a look at, there's there's plenty of other options beyond that through your forward contracting programs or creameries or through your own brokerage accounts. Lots of things to do to take advantage of these elevated prices. So I um, encourage you to do so. Reach out if you have any questions. Otherwise, talk with you soon. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. We are so excited to welcome back to the podcast today our labor attorney extraordinaire and friend of the dairy industry, Tony Ramondo. Thanks, Tony, so much for taking time out of your Friday to join us. You're very welcome. I'm always happy to be here. Tony, today, as we sit here, it is January 7th, and that means a couple of days ago, a lot of new changes to labor code went into effect of specific interest to dairy producers are the minimum wage increase for 2022 and the increase or actually decrease in um, allowable hours before um, workers get into the overtime area. So maybe we could hit on a couple of those topics, Tony, starting with um, minimum wage, which probably is no surprise to most of our producers. Yeah, so just to summarize where we are, um, for small employers, which is employers with 25 employees or less, you have to pay $14 an hour as of January 1, 2022. If you have 26 employees or more, you're looking at $15 an hour. Now, one of the things that I would caution uh, dairy employers with, as we have um, always had throughout the industry, lots of times we have families that own multiple dairies. It's very fact sensitive, but there are a lot of times where separate dairies can be combined together to meet that 25 employee threshold. So you got to be careful that, you know, just because you have, you know, 12 on one and 16 on another, um, you're not necessarily a small employer with 25 employees or less. Um, Particularly when those dairies have similar names that can attract that attention. A lot of times, you know, we'll have XYZ dairy number one and XYZ dairy number two. You know, those are two that are obviously very associated to each other or they have the same family name on the dairy. Um, or the employees move between the two dairies so they know the family has two dairies. Um, It is very important um, to seek uh, some legal advice to look at how you're running your dairy and whether or not multiple dairy locations can be combined into one for purposes of counting to this 25 um, employee threshold. Because minimum wage liability is a pretty significant risk. They can actually recover double the amount of wages um, for a minimum wage violation. So uh, we want to be real cautious about how we approach that. And it's unfortunately, I can't give you like a checklist of things to watch out for. Um, I mean, generally speaking, the, the more closely the dairies have common management, 
the more likely it is they're going to be combined together. The more separate the overall management and operation of the dairies are, the more likely it is you'll be able to count them separately. And it's not just having separate partnerships or separate LLCs or separate corporations. It really is about the management and operation of the dairy uh, or the multiple dairies. Um, so because it's so fact sensitive, um, I really would encourage uh, producers that are in that situation um, to please call me. Um, you can they can always call you guys, of course, and you can put them in touch with me or they can reach me at my office at 559-432-3000. And as West United Dairy members, they get a lot of free consultation from us. And I'm more than happy to talk through with any producer how they run their dairies and whether or not they need to be concerned about being combined together to meet this um, 25 employee threshold where we go from being a small employer to a large employer where there's a dollar difference in the minimum wage. Now, as of January 1, 2023, everybody's going to be at 15 and that's no longer an issue. Right. Um, but, you know, we have a year here where we're in this gray area. Okay. So I, we would just really encourage folks reach out to us or Tony's office directly is probably the most efficient manner. Um, and we can walk through those, those questions with you. Um, you have a few days before your first payroll is due. So let's try to get those questions answered before the 15th. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as I've always said, Melissa, if they are nervous about being charged, yeah. I've never sent anybody a bill that they didn't know was coming. And if I have to charge them for something, I will tell them. But um, I think you guys know over the years, I've been more than happy to consult with dairy producers on these kinds of things yep. uh, without any charge. And if they don't believe me, they can call you guys and you guys will ask the questions um, and they won't, you won't tell me who they are. So I don't have anybody I can send a bill to except for uh, West United and those bills don't go anywhere. So, <laughs> no, so no, in all, in all seriousness, I don't want, I really don't want dairy producers, you know, it, it, this is what I've done for the last 20 years. Yeah. I don't want dairy producers worried about asking for help because they're worried about how much it's going to cost. We're Absolutely. very sensitive to the, the, the challenges in the industry and we're more than happy to provide that free consultation. Definitely. And it's, it's, you know, an, an hour of free consultation. This is a quick question we can work through in just a few minutes and it saves you a lot of money in the long run if you're in that gray area. So please call. We are happy to connect you with Tony or ask the questions for you and um, get those questions answered. It's really, this is an important one because this is such a funny year with a, that kind of demarcation of size. Which leads us to our next question, Tony. I've got a lot of calls the last two weeks with some Frustrated producers who are frustrated mostly because their employees are frustrated by this um, move to uh, nine and a half hour workday for certain sizes. And um, maybe we can, I, I work with predominantly smaller dairies, so that's what we're dealing with. But um, maybe we could talk a little bit about the overtime changes this year. Yeah, so just to summarize where we are. Um, we've been in a gradual phase out of the 10 hour day for agriculture and a movement towards the eight hour day and the 40 hour week. And again, this is that same 25 employee issue. We have what are called small employers under the law, which are those with 25 or less. Large employers are those with uh, 26 or more. So if you have 25 or fewer employees, as of January 1, 2022, you are on a nine and a half hour day and a 55 hour work week. Uh, if you have um, more than, if you have 26 or more employees, more than 25, then as of January 1, 2022, um, you're on an eight-hour day and a 40-hour work week. Um, so, 
you know, it's very frustrating for those of us in the industry because we all tried to tell the state of California that what they'd really be doing is hurting employees yeah. because hours would be cut and employees would be making less money, which is exactly what has happened. And it's why the employees are frustrated. Yep. And unfortunately, you know, Sacramento doesn't have a practical understanding of how agriculture works or how our employees make their money. Um, so everyone is frustrated by it. Um, and it's, it's not a good development for employers and it's not a good development for employees. But we do have we do have to live with it and we do have to uh, comply with it. Um, so we have a couple of interesting things that are in the works, one of which is that the California Labor Commissioner has indicated um, or given some information that suggests that the state may validate um, alternative work weeks under wage order 14, which is the wage order that covers dairies. What alternative work weeks are is when employees vote, you have to have a secret ballot election and there's a procedure that applies to how you do that. But if the employees vote, they can work more hours in a day without daily overtime, but they can't work any more hours in a week. And there's a bunch of different types of alternative work weeks you can have. The most common one, which they use in healthcare all the time, for example, is four 10 hour days. Now, I don't, as I've been mulling over this, I don't know um, a couple of things. Number one, we're not 100% sure that this is legal. And in fact, my team is looking at this right now. We've gotten burned in the past over the years by the labor commissioner saying we could do something. And then the courts say that we can't. And it ends up being huge liability. And the labor commissioner just shakes their shoulders and said, well, you shouldn't have listened to us. <laughs> so we want to make sure before we advise anybody to do this, that we're confident that it's going to work. Right. But number two, I don't know if it's a solution, especially for the employee problem. Because again, you're limited to the same 40 hours in a week. So the employees are going to still see the same amount of money in their paycheck. They're just going to work more each day and get additional days off. The other problem with it is, of course, we have significant labor shortages in agriculture. Um, finding, you know, every, every, not just dairy, but every farmer that I speak to in, in every commodity is struggling to meet their labor needs. And of course, as you know, over the last year or so, it's expanded now beyond agriculture to almost every industry around is suffering from labor shortages. So the problem with something like four 10 hour days is in a 24 hour a day, seven day a week operation like a dairy, we still have to be staffed up for all those all that time. Right. So um, it's gonna require more people to have people working on four 10 hour days. Um, so, you know, we are in the process of trying to figure out what solutions are out there for this, but unfortunately our hands are somewhat tied by the reality of the law and the reality of these overtime hours, um, coming in. And I've, you know, I've seen some, some creative solutions that have been taken on this. Um, some dairies that provide housing, for example, have started charging their employees rent to offset the cost of some of the overtime. Mm -hmm. Um, some dairies are using um, the, there's a minimum wage credit that is available for housing where you can essentially pay part of the wages in the form of housing. You have to have a written housing agreement to do that. Right. Um, but again, the employees sometimes resist that because they feel like their check is going down um, in terms of their hourly rate. Um, but it is one way to potentially control some of the overtime costs. And I know we were actually, just when we were offline, we were talking about doing some, uh, some outreach to the industry on these yeah. new laws. And one of the things I'm really excited about doing, and I think is an imperative is, I wanna get out there and engage with dairy farmers and come 
put some of my ideas in front of them and then hear back from them what they think will work and not work on the ranch. Because a lot of what I count on is the feedback I get from the producers on what are the practical challenges they face? Because I'm not a dairy farmer, I'm a lawyer. And I mean, I've, right. I've specialized in this industry for a long time, but I'll never know it the way that people who live it every day know it. So I really count on hearing from them and from you guys what they're dealing with and what ideas I can bounce off of them that they'll say, yeah, Tony, that sounds like a good idea. Or more than once I've had a dairyman tell me you're crazy. That's never going to work on a dairy. So I throw that idea aside and we, we try to come up with something else. But this one is a concern because I don't know how much we're going to find in way of solution. You know, what the employees want to be able to do is work more hours and make more money. Yep. What employers want to do is not have to incur that overtime cost that takes a huge bite in terms of overhead. Yeah. Um, so you have employers trying to avoid the overtime and employees trying to make more money. And a lot of times that's a conflict we can't overcome. So I think it's going to be a challenge going forward. I don't think there's an easy solution to it. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll work through it. I think like you and I did talk offline a little bit before we started recording and I've had a lot of feedback from producers. And I think that's the exciting thing about this coming spring. We're gonna have you at the World Ag Expo at, in February. And then our plan is um, pending everything working out to have in-person meetings in all of our districts following that. So please make sure you stop by the booth at World Ag Expo to see Tony and please make an effort to come to those meetings. It, the most important thing is getting feedback from these guys about what works and what doesn't. And what works for some might not work for everybody, but that gives Tony's team an opportunity to put together, you know, a, a dairy-based solution for, you know, based on your size or your operating budget or whatever, how can we work out some of these problems? Yeah, I really um, want to encourage the members uh, to come out when we announce these, these meetings. Uh, I'm more than happy to go anywhere in the state I need to go to meet with, uh, with, with dairy farmers. And in particular, the World Ag Expo is such a great opportunity for me and I hope for them where they can pick my brain and I can pick their brain and we can start to collaborate on coming up with, um, with solutions. Uh, Cause I think it's really important for us to work together on these solutions. And then in terms of the compliance aspect of it, you know, we're starting to work very closely with the association on developing some flat rate fee for service models that I think are really gonna control the cost uh, and make the cost predictable for dairies on um, getting into compliance and correcting the issues that they may find out there. We still have a very aggressive litigation environment out there, um, particularly on the wage and hour side. There are more and more attorneys jumping into this, this wage and hour uh, collective litigation, which is class actions and private attorney general act litigation. And it's just been unbelievably destructive in the dairy industry. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really a form of legalized extortion and we really wanna try to get ahead of it. Um, I'm seeing some growth in um, discrimination and retaliation cases as well, which always concerns me also. Um, in, in a time when things are, are economically difficult in the industry, the last thing we need is, is lawyers shaking down uh, dairy producers for money. And it's unfortunately become somewhat of a, of a goldmine for lawyers that are on the other side of what I do. And I, you know, I want to continue to try to help our producers be be in front of that and ahead of that and minimize their risk. You know, it's unfortunately in California, the risk is never going to be zero, right, but there's right. a lot of things that we can do to minimize the risk. And we're finding, you know, what, what I, over the years I've often had producers tell me is what frustrates them about working with lawyers is so many of us bill by the hour and they really don't know how much things are going to cost. So we're trying to change that model where we can tell the producers 
here's what we think you need to do. And we'll break it down into here's what we think it's going to cost you. And we'll hold ourselves to that cost so that dairies can work it out in terms of their budget and find cost-effective ways to come up with solutions. Yeah, I think this is such a valuable program for producers and, you know, just, just having a little more certainty. And again, we're really excited to have you at the expo in a couple of weeks, Tony. Uh, it's getting here before we know it, I think. And um, at those in-person meetings, and I think everybody is really excited to be back to in-person. And it just, it makes things so much easier when we're, we're talking with dairymen. The, the webinars were a nice break, I guess, but I think having in-person meetings is really a key and we'll look for some good turnout there. And whether it's um, minimum wage, overtime, I, we talked a little bit offline about the expansion of paid leave here in California. There's a lot of issues this year that could really affect dairies, but I think there's a lot of solutions too. So we're excited to have you. Yeah, one of, the, one of the things I think that we need to get on the radar of dairy farmers that I, I have not heard many people in the industry being aware of is in California, we have a law called the California Family Rights Act. Right. The California Family Rights Act functions very similar to the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act, which provides 12 weeks of unpaid leave for an employee's uh, serious health condition or a serious health condition of an immediate family member. And um, under federal law and historically under California law, we didn't really worry about that in the dairy industry because most of our dairies are less than 50 employees. And this was a law that applied to employers of 50 or more. In September, Governor Newsom signed a bill which expanded the California Family Rights Act to employers of five or more employees, um, which is potentially quite burdensome for uh, especially our smaller dairies. And it's something that our dairies have never had to deal with in the past. Uh, so I do wanna make sure that as we do these meetings, we're gonna get out some detailed information on how to manage these leaves, what to watch out for, um, and we'll be providing some um, documents uh, here very soon to the um, the labor portal for the Western United website yeah. um, to help help dairies to process these leaves. But there are rules that you need to know and things and there are, there's medical certification requirements we can impose um, and things that we can do um, to help to manage this issue. And you know, one of the things that I worry about with this is actually the enterprising lawyers who are going to come along later and say, oh, my my client requested this leave and the dairy wouldn't get it give it to them and they fired him because he asked for it. And then we have a lawsuit on our hands, which becomes you know, another form of shakedown. Yeah. Um, so I wanna have, have our dairies, you know, if you have an employee handbook, that employee handbook needs to be updated for 2022. Um, and you know, we, we will do that at very affordable cost. If you don't have a handbook, you need to get a handbook, which again, we do at a very affordable cost with a discount for um, West United members. Um, and we will help you to get all the paperwork in place and to educate yourself as to how to manage these leaves and make sure you don't get yourself in a situation where you're accused of not providing them. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be an exciting year on the labor front, Tony, whether we like it or not. And we're glad, you know, it seems to be a lot of the problem here is lawyers. We're really glad to have a good one on our side and working with our producers. So thanks so much for coming on today. And thanks just in general for everything you do. I know it always eases our producers' minds when they can talk through stuff with you. And a lot of times things that seem like a big deal can be solved pretty quickly. So just a reminder, when you're facing something like that, give us a call. We'll connect you with Tony and we'll get it worked out. Well, thank you for having me on and you're, you're very welcome. Um, I've told you many times before that I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity I've had in my career to work with the dairy industry. So 
uh, let me give my thanks to the dairy producers who've shown me their trust and have welcomed me into their industry in the way they have over the last 20 or so years. And I plan on being around for a long time to help you guys. So uh, I, I appreciate you hanging in there in a tough industry and, and trusting me to help guide you through these problems. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tony. We'll we'll have you on soon, I'm sure, where there's lots to talk about this year. So we'll we'll get back. Always here. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Thanks for listening in to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. As always, we would like to thank our contributors this week. That is Anthony Ramundo and Tiffany Lamandola from Blimling. Remember, you can always email us with questions and content requests at wudpod at gmail.com. You can reach me at darby at wudairies.com. And Melissa can be reached at mlema at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and have a great week and a happy new year. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wuda.com. I-R-I-E-S dot com.